Anybody love Jesus? Hey, you go ahead and be seated. We are, again, delighted that you are with us today. Uh, Pastor Randy is not with us this morning. He's, he is, and he's not on vacation. I know we think he's on vacation. No, he's, he's just kind of getting away, getting uh, some, some, some time just with him and God, get clarity on where we're going as a church. I'm telling you, God has something up his sleeve this summer. And we've been talking about a summer shift uh, all, all summer long. And uh, I think for us, we don't have the perfect way of defining that other than simply knowing things are changing for the better. And that's what we're believing for in your life and your families, uh, just in your world, that things are changing for the better. Um, I'm excited to be uh, speaking to you guys today. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had spoke at our youth camp to our teenagers, and uh, it was awesome. We're still excited about camp, but camp, 2020, camp 23 will be here before you know it, so you can save the dates. We'll start advertising those a lot sooner than two weeks before we go, like we did this year, so just kidding. Um, but just shared something. Um, but I believe what was shared there is applicable for us in this room today. And uh, so if you were at camp, you probably have already heard some of this, um, this talk. But I do believe it's going to help us uh, in this room. But before I jump in, I just want to just pray really quick. And then, uh, Van, thank you guys so much, worship team. And you guys can come up like in 10 minutes because this will be short. God, I just thank you for this morning. God, would I thank you for all that you've already done in this room. God, what you've done in our lives. God, I just pray that you'd bring clarity. God, that you would use me to help people today. God, I surrender myself to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Uh, you know, anytime somebody's going to come up on stage to speak, uh, typically this is what we do. We, you know, we'll find out whether it's a week before or you know, unless pastor knocks on your door on a Friday and is like, you're on Sunday, we run and we start, we start to pray. God, what is it that you want me to talk about? Because uh, we don't want to just come up here and just talk about anything. We, the Bible's a big book. We could talk about a whole lot of things. But we're trying to figure out, God, what is it that you want us to talk about? And I remember praying, God, what do you want me to talk about? And it, it's like nothing was, nothing was happening. I didn't have a whole lot of clarity on what direction to go, what topic to, to speak on. God didn't tell me what to talk about, but rather he began to tell me who I would be speaking to. Because God knows who's in this room, God knows who's tuning in online, and God knows who's going to accidentally click this on YouTube a year from now. And as God began to kind of speak to my heart, uh, again, not telling me what to talk about, he began to describe the people I would be talking to. And he said, you're going to be speaking to the wild cards, the wild cards. I'm thinking, that's awesome, God. What in the world is a wild card, you know? But I love God because he always talks to you in a way that you could understand. You know, when I get up here and say, I feel like God said that he's going to speak to me differently than he's going to talk to you. Um, and God's always talking to us. And, 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 and I was grateful that God gave me a word that I would understand because immediately when God said you'll be talking to the wild cards, my mind went to football because God knows I love football. And if you are a fan of football, you'd know that every team has a season. 
uh, roughly 17 games. And uh, if you do well enough, you go to the next round, which is the playoffs. And everybody wants to go to the playoffs because there's no way to get to the Super Bowl without going through the playoffs. But I love the playoffs because the playoffs are like where all the really, really good teams go. Everybody pretty much knows who's going to be in the playoffs. Like we all know that the Raiders are probably going to be in the playoffs. We all know that the 49ers are probably not going to be in the playoffs. So it's, Pastor Randy is not here, so I am allowed to say that. At camp, he was there, so I did not say that. But before the season begins, most analysts, most professionals already know who's going to make it to the playoffs. But there are a couple teams that no one's seen coming. In the playoffs or the NFL, they brand them the wild card teams, the wild cards. And I love the wild cards because the wild cards are unpredictable. You don't know what you're going to get when you get a wild card. God said, Andrew, you're speaking to the wild cards. The wild cards are typically the teams that are underestimated. They're typically the teams that are overlooked. They're typically not America's favorite team. God said, Andrew, you're going to be speaking to the wild cards. Who, are, who am I talking to? I'm talking to people that most would expect not to make it. I'm talking to people that they don't even understand how you're still breathing and alive today. I'm talking to people that have bigger dreams than they do skill sets. I'm talking to people that might have more losses in their lives than wins. I'm talking to the wild cards. God said, you're going to be talking to people that are overlooked. You're going to be talking to people that if they text their best friend and told them they were in church, their best friend would think they're lying. You're going to be talking to people that might cuss a little bit. You're going to be talking to people that might not turn the other cheek when they should have. You're talking to the wild cards. This is Celebration Church, baby. I don't know how you got here. I don't know how you made it here, but you made it here. And we're all a wild card in some form. There's something in our life that should keep God from using us. There's things that we've done that should have disqualified us. We're the wild cards. But this is what I know about God. God loves using wild cards. He loves using wild cards. When you read your Bible, you read about all of these people that did some incredible, incredible things. Open up your Bible from the start of it. You'll see all of these names, all of these names. Abraham, dude, he was incredible. Elijah, he was awesome. Like this guy called fire down from heaven. Job, he was super wealthy. Moses, we talked a little bit about him earlier. All of these people are people that did incredible things for God. But you know one thing all of these people have in common? They were all a bunch of wild cards. They're all a bunch of wild cards. Why? Because every single one of them had something in their life that would have disqualified them from the plan and purpose that God had for their life. Every single one of these people, if you look at all the things that they did, everything that they were described, these are typically not the people that you would say are going to be the Bible heroes. I would have at start said these were going to be the Bible zeros, but no, they were not. They were wild cards in the hands of God. They were wild cards in the hands of God. You know, when I look at my life and I think about these people's lives, they had one of two options pertaining to their life. One, to live an ordinary life, 
or two, to live a supernatural life. They had two options. I can remain ordinary. I can remain who I've always been. Or I can come to this side and live a life that cannot be explained by human intellect. These people signed up for a supernatural life. We all have the same option. Do I want to be ordinary or do I want to live a supernatural life? I began to think about the difference of these two options. So many different ways of breaking it down, but the best way I could describe that these people experienced or how you would break up ordinary and supernatural is by this one word, power. Power. These people walked in great power. When you're ordinary, you have no power. When you live a supernatural life, you walk in power. Every single one of these people were ordinary until they stepped into a supernatural life. And when they did, they went from being ordinary to walking with great power from God. This is one thing that I know about life. Life is super unpredictable. And if you don't have power, you are forced to be a victim to your circumstance. What does that mean? When life is great, dandy. But what happens when you get a bad report? If you don't have power, you're forced to go down that path. When life is awesome, hooray! But what happens when life isn't beautiful? What is your move that you're going to make? If you don't have power, you are forced to be a victim to whatever life wants to throw at you. And we should know that life is not always beautiful. Days are not always incredible. But for the believer that is living a supernatural life, he does not have to tolerate what life throws at them. Just because you live a supernatural life doesn't mean you live like in this bubble and you don't experience anything. I got to pay seven bucks a gallon too. But I, I, but it's like, yeah, it's going down. It's only six dollars. I had one of my buddies in Texas. They're like, oh my goodness, we're, we, I spent four dollars a gallon. I'm like, bring that back. Like that, get my arm and leg for four dollars, you know? It's awesome. You can live an ordinary life or you can live a supernatural life. What, 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 what separates these two is power. You and I were designed by God to walk in great power. These men and women walked in great power. Now you may be saying, well, what, what qualifies me to walk with power? How do I go from being ordinary to supernatural? Because I don't like the way my life is going right now, and I kind of feel stuck. But if I could walk in some power, maybe, maybe my day would be a little bit better. In, in Luke chapter 10, verse 18 through 20, it says this, And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power, say power, to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing uh, shall by any means hurt you. Jesus is talking to a group of people that were walking in great power. I began to think, what did these people do to give them power? My first thought went to Peter. Peter was one of these people. You know, in the Bible, Jesus had some followers. And uh, I think what's unique about Jesus is he's getting ready to transform the universe. He's 30 years old. He shows up on the scene. He's like, let's do this. We're going to change the world. I need a team. 
If I'm Jesus, I'm probably going to go find some really good people to join my team. What does Jesus do? He starts looking for wild cards. He starts finding people that other people were passing by. And one of those guys was this man named Peter. And I believe there's some things that we can see in Peter's life that I believe if we do, we could experience a supernatural life because there was nothing ordinary about Peter's life. Peter did some things that we couldn't even imagine. There was this one time where Jesus was walking on water. Peter's like, can I come? And he steps out of a boat and starts walking on something he should have been drowning in. What does that look like? Power. Peter would walk places. He'd see people that couldn't walk and say, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. They would instantly stand to their feet. What does that look like? Power. Peter walked in great power, but there was something Peter had to do when he was still in the stage of ordinary. And it says this in Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. It says this, one day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew. They were throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, come, follow me, and I'll show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once, and they followed him. If I'm going to walk in power, I have to be a follower of Jesus. If I'm going to walk in power, I have to be a follower of Jesus. Uh, and, and I'm sure most of us, if I said, raise your hand if you're a follower of Jesus, like we would all raise our hands because we would all say we're followers of Jesus. But this verse paints a different picture of what a follower is. You know, for most of us, the only thing reference we have to a follower is on Instagram. But most of the people following you are just spectating because they don't even like your picture. That's why you got like 2,000 people following you and 10 people like your picture. Why? Because they're not really following, they're spectating. And sometimes, if we're honest, our walk with God, a.k.a. following him, looks more like a spectator show than us actually. And I'm not, that's not like meant to be a stinger, I promise. That's just meant to take you from ordinary to supernatural. Because you can walk out of this place a complete different purpose if you can do what Peter did. There's two things that take place in these two verses that I believe can set you and I up for living a supernatural life life. I know you're a wild card. You need power. You're a wild card. You need power. What motivated me to do these things was knowing who I really was without God. I knew I had no shot at doing anything. Taco Bell would not even hire me when I was 19 years. I'm like, and my cousin was the manager. I'm like, are you kidding me? True definition of a wild card. I knew I needed power. I knew I needed God, there was two things that Peter had to do to position him for the supernatural life. The first thing that he had to do, Jesus says, come follow me. The Bible says that they left their nets. They left their nets. Peter was a fisher. This is what defined Peter. This is who Peter was. If anyone wanted to describe Peter to you, they would say, Peter, the fisherman. He had to drop his nets. Most of us in this place have a preconceived idea of who we think we are. Life has told you who you are. Your family has told you who you are. But do you know who God says that you are? Peter was a fisherman. This made sense to Peter. But for Peter to step into supernatural, Peter had to take his identity and say, you know what, I'm going to just put that down and I'm going to walk away in hopes that God tells me who I am. This is a lot easier said than done because for most of us, we don't like change. That's who I am and just deal with it and be ordinary. 
But for the person that wants a supernatural life, they're going to have to look in the mirror at who they've been looking at for the last 40 years and say, maybe I've had a wrong idea of who you are. Maybe I've let my feelings define who you are. Maybe I've allowed my mistakes to define who you are. Peter had to be willing to leave his nets behind. You got to leave your nets behind. I know you think you know, but what if you're wrong? What if God wants to do something extraordinary in your life? This was the toughest thing for me to do in my life to drop this. And it wasn't even so much because I wanted this. It's because I felt like this is who I had to be for people. Some of us are more afraid of people than we are of God. And we embrace an identity that we know we're not even called to be. But what would they think when I dropped my nets? You don't think people were looking at Peter thinking, what in the world is that dude doing? Peter, you left your nets behind. You know how hard it was for him to probably continue to walk? because this is what we see every single day. But if you wanna go from ordinary to a supernatural life every day, you have to be willing to drop this net. You don't ever arrive with God. It is a relationship. Today, I'm not who I was yesterday, but who I'm gonna to be tomorrow is not who I am today. So every day I have to say, Andrew, today, I drop my nets. God, here I am. Who do you say that I am today? This is not like a one-time thing. This is a place of surrender. Picking to be who God says that you are, even when you don't think it, feel it, hear it, any of it. you got to believe you are who God says that you are. Are you willing to let go of that image? Are you willing to let go of that? The good, the bad, and the ugly. If you are, get ready because you're one step closer to a super natural life. Peter had to be willing to, to leave his net behind and walk away. But the second thing that Peter had to do, and Ben, you can help me wrap this up. The second thing that Peter had to do is, is he gets this invitation from Jesus. Peter, follow me. Peter didn't just have to leave his nets behind. Peter had to say yes to the calling before he ever got the details. Could you give God your yes before he tells you what he's going to do? Could you give God your, because listen, if I'm Peter and I'm like, this is what I've done my whole life, and Jesus, you're wanting to follow me, or you wanting me to follow you, my first question is where to? Where are we going to go? When are we going to come back? Jesus, I got some things to... Peter had to be willing to say yes to the calling before Jesus ever told him any of the details. Could we live in that place of surrender? Like, I'm not telling you to do that. I'm not telling you to quit your job and, and, and just go sit in your room until God tells you to do something. But could you live in the place of surrender that if God tapped you on the shoulder and said, I want you to join the dream team next week, could you do that? Could you live in that place of surrender if God said, I want you to start that business? Would you do that? Could you live in that place of surrender? I know it's kind of scary because we thought following was completely different, but this is what a picture of following really is, leaving your nets and saying yes to the calling before you ever get the details. Never be afraid to step into what God is calling you to do. God will pull you out of your comfort zone quickly, and it's going to be scary. He's going to pull you out of that, and that wild card in you is going to start to scream and say, but I'm too old. And God's going to say, can I still have your yes at 80? Can I still have your yes today? You know what I, what I love about God is most of the time, God's not actually going to make you do anything crazy. He just wants to know if you will. 
Most of the time, he just wants to see where your heart is at. Like if he tapped you on the shoulder and said to go left when you really want to go right, would you just go left, Andrew? Because if you do, I could bring power to your life. Because if you have that heart of posture, I can do things in you that you could not do for yourself. Peter had to say yes to the calling before he got any of the details. And you know, for me, I think a lot of times when we think about God asking us to do anything, for me, I'm not saying for you, for me, it's like, Whatever God's going to ask me to do, it's going to be super boring, super inconvenient, not fun, not cool. So God, I'd rather not because I'm not really missing out on anything because whatever you want me to do is just going gonna, gonna to be lame. Surely God couldn't have better plans this weekend than I have for myself. I think a lot of us, you know, don't really believe that God's plan for your life is a whole lot better in your plan for your life. You know, I believe one of the reasons why God was wanting Peter to follow him without the details is because I believe that if Jesus would have told Peter and given him all the details, Peter would have looked at Jesus and said, you're crazy. If Jesus said, hey, Peter, follow me, because in about three months, you're gonna be walking on water, Peter would have said, you're crazy. If Jesus said, Peter, follow me, one day you're going to step out of a room and you're going to save 3,000 people. He would have said, you're crazy. I'm just a fisherman. One of the reasons why God leaves the details out aren't because the plans are boring. They're so stinking big, it would blow your mind if he gave you the details. He wants your yes first. He wants your yes first. What am I saying yes to? I don't even know. But you got my yes. The details are crazy. God has a significant plan for your life. I remember years ago, 15 years ago, being in this moment, being in this exact moment, I had just made this decision. I was super happy. I put my nets down. God, that's not me. I am who you say that I am. But I knew in my spirit there was something more. And my next question to God is, God, why, why, why am I here? Like, what is my purpose? Am I just going to, like, work and then retire and die? Is that my goal? Like, what am I aiming for, God? Why am I existing? And I was wanting this answer from God as an 18-year-old at a youth camp. And I got no answer. But right here, just in my spirit, I never talked to God. I don't know what God sounds like, but there was this nudge. You ever been out, like, in a like in an area where you like you knew a fight was going to break out before the fight actually broke like you just knew that you knew that you knew that's just for the people that have been incarcerated uh, just kidding I knew that I knew and in that moment I knew something I felt like God was wanting me to say yes before he relayed the details I was nervous I had all these thoughts. He's probably going to ask me to go back to Taco Bell and apply because this time it'll work. He might ask me to be this. He might. I had all these thoughts. And my heart is racing. And I'm so close to saying, because God knows when you really mean it. You can say yes with your mouth and not with your heart and mean nothing. This is like when you tell that person, that friend, hey, like we'll do lunch next week. You didn't really mean it. You don't plan on talking to them for the next three years. But when you mean something on the heart level, God knows he can trust you. And so in that moment, I knew I was about to make a significant decision to say yes to something I didn't even know what I was saying yes to. But I said, God, you have my yes. Whatever you want me to do, I'm right here.
I say yes. You want me to be a firefighter? I'll do it. You want me to be a cop? I'll do it. You want me to do whatever? I'll do it. I, I, don't, I will do what you want me to do. And, and the reason why I think God wanted my yes is because he knew what he was about to tell me was going to shake and rattle me. I want you to be a pastor. I thought, whoa. God, that must be for this guy right here to my left. I think, I think I've just eavesdropping on, no, I want you to be a pastor. You're going to preach about Jesus. You're going to tell people about Jesus. You're going to see thousands of people saved. I'm like, what does saved even mean? But it was too late. I had already given him my yes. So I signed up for the wildest journey of my life. Today I'm doing what I'm doing, not because I'm perfect. I'm so flawed, it's not even funny. I got in a fight a week ago. Sorry, I wasn't supposed to say that. Don't hit on my wife in front of me. I'm gonna drop, knock you out. Dude, I'm saved, but I'm not that saved. I'm sorry, I told on myself. I feel a whole lot better about it now. Now like, y'all don't judge me. Dude. I wanna find that surveillance camera just to like rewatch it and just post it on World Star. It'd be a... See, only like the unsafe people knew what I just meant. God is looking for your yes, not because he's trying to hurt you. He's trying to get you onto a journey of the supernatural. My life is super, perfect, no, but it's supernatural. I don't care what life throws at me, I'm not stuck, I have power, because you're perfect, no, because I drop my nets and I say yes to God every single day. And you can do that. And if you're a wild card, you need to do that. Because you don't have a shot. <laughs> Wild cards, drop your nets quickly and give God your yes every single day. It'll lead to a supernatural life. This world is not waiting for another church service. This world is not waiting for a better program. This world is waiting for you to walk in the God-given power and authority that you walk in. I know you've been trying to invite your family to church, but what if you could go back to that sick family member, lay your hands on them, and watch that cancer dissolve in Jesus' name? I guarantee you, you won't have to convince anybody to come into church. God will use you. You can walk in great power. You can walk in great power. God is looking for people to walk in great power. When I was at camp, God put this story on my heart. There's this woman, her husband was dying, or her husband had died, her children were, were starving, and and she needed, she needed some, some resources to, for her kids. And, and Elijah, one of the guys, I'm pretty sure it was Elijah or Elisha. Don't quote me, Dave Justice. You can quote me later. I'm just kidding. He helps me on a lot of stuff. I think it was Elijah. He tells this woman, hey, go grab whatever you have. You know, go grab jars from your friends. And, and as long as she was grabbing these jars from people, the little oil that she had would continue to flow in these jars. So she was filling up jar after jar after jar after jar with oil. Say oil. When I was at camp, even before I had got up to speak, I felt like God said that there is not a shortage of oil. There is not an oil shortage. There is a vessel shortage. In other words, that oil, the power of the Holy Spirit, there's not a shortage of power. There's just a shortage of people that are willing to say, God, you can use me. But I believe God is gonna tap somebody on the shoulder today and say, would you be a vessel? 
Could you do this every day of your life? Could you just surrender to me every day? Like I said, that doesn't mean you have to go quit your job and do anything. That means I live in a posture of surrender. I want to invite you to stand to your feet today. I want to pray for you. Because you're here because, man, there's just there's so much more to life. There's so much more to life. We don't have to be victims to anything. It doesn't matter what tomorrow brings. You can walk in a supernatural power if you could apply what we're talking about today. There's going to be days that you don't feel it. There's going to be days where you blow it. There's going to be days where you pick up your nets. But if you can make the adjustments and you can walk this out, I believe that you can live not an ordinary life, but a life that cannot be explained by man. God, I just pray for every person that's in this room today. God, you see everybody that is here. And God, I just pray that today you would just grant them just a greater understanding of how much you love them, how much you're for them, that you would just grant them the understanding of what the potential could be in their life, that they would not settle for less, that they would not settle for an ordinary life, like at least I'm not where I used to be, God, but that they would understand that you are looking to use them in this season in a mighty, mighty way. In a mighty way. In a mighty way. Some of you think, well, if God's going to use me, it'll be a year from now. I love this, this little slide behind me. It reminds me of Uno. Y'all play Uno? And I love Uno because there's a wild card in Uno. And you know what I love about the wild card in Uno? Is the person that has the wild card can throw it in whenever they want. It doesn't matter what color came before it. It doesn't matter what comes after it. I can throw it down whenever I want. And I feel like God is in here saying, some of you are thinking it's going to happen eight years from now, ten years. God says, I could put you in the game today if I want to. I can use you at whatever moment I want. Stay available. I know, but I'm not ready. God says, it don't matter. You're a wild card with power. I'll put you in today. I'll put you in this next week. You don't have to go get your act right and go get polished and look cute and pretty. God says, if I'm ready to put you in, I will do it right now. I believe that our world is ready to see the wild cards light this place up, this wild card people to walk in great power, to walk in great authority. I'm telling you, God will use you. I'm 16 though. I know. He knows who he picked. He's not caught off guard. He loves that you're 16 because you'll never be 16 again. And there's people in your circle at 16 that you'll never see again. And that may be the only shot that God has at bringing impact to them. Some of you despise the family that you came out of. Stop despising it. God put you there for a reason. Some of you despise the neighborhood that you're from. Don't despise that because you're the only one that can walk back in that neighborhood and not get beat up. Maybe God needs you to go back and to be a light. Not to be weird, but to be a light. Don't despise where you came from. God had a plan when you came on the scene. Your mom said you were an accident and your dad walked out. He had no idea what he was walking away from. You were intended by God the entire time and they may have left you. They may have different plans, but God's plans never changed. They never changed. You're not here by accident. You're a wild card that's getting ready to be used in the hands of God. And when he uses you, 
It's going to shock the world. Tom, let's sing something. Let's sing something. Here I am. God, we're right here. Here I am. God, we are yours. You can have it all. You can have it all. We hold nothing back from you, God. Here I am. God, you know who you call. Here I am. start looking at other people's gifts and we'll start comparing their gift to ours. We'll start comparing their job to ours. But you have to remain authentic to you if you're going to be effective in that place. God needs you to do these things, but more importantly, he needs you to be authentically you. This is the beauty about discovering who you are. God's not going to call you to be a missionary if you can't speak. He's going to probably call, he's going to, he knows what he's working with. You're musically inclined. He's going to use you in a space that you're wired. He's going to use you in a space that you're good at. And for some of us, just because it comes easy to you doesn't mean it's less value. Some of us overlook the gifts that we have because this is just way too easy and I can do this without even thinking. Tap into those gifts. Pay attention to those gifts and never underestimate the gift that God put on the inside of you. I believe we're going to use our gifts. I believe we're going to make a great impact in this earth. Hey, before we leave, I'm going to ask you one more time just to close your eyes and bow your heads. I want to give people in this room that don't have a relationship with God, I want to give them that opportunity today. The awesome thing about our faith is that our faith and trust is in Jesus. Why? Because Jesus did what you and I could not do. You and I on our best day are not qualified to personally know God to have a real relationship with God. We're flawed, we're broken, 
But when you receive of what Jesus did, his perfection, God no longer looks at you the way you see yourself. He looks at you the way he sees Jesus. He sees you as enough. He sees you as complete. He sees you as, this is going to sting, perfect. Because he's not looking at you after you. He's looking at you after his son Jesus, who you and I put our confidence in, not ourselves. This is why salvation is available to every person, even the worst of the worst. And the Bible says all we have to do is put our trust in Jesus to receive that. The way that we practically do that here at this church is we declare it with our words. All that confess Jesus as Lord shall be saved. If you want to make a decision today, not to just be a church attendee, but to have a personal relationship with God on the count of three, just so I know who I'm praying with, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand in the air if that's you. One, two, three. Raise your hand if that's you. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see those hands. We see those hands. I'm going to ask everybody, you can put your hands down. I'm going to ask us as the church family just to pray this together. Say this. Say, God, today I surrender my life to you. I receive of what Jesus did. Jesus, today I make you my Savior and I call you my Lord. I thank you that my life will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's make some noise for everyone. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.